everyone. I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. And, and we're, we're Gloss Angeles. Strivectin is a brand that's long been regarded as top-tier skincare by professionals of all kinds. We personally love how all of Strivectin's products are backed by science. If you're looking for an eye cream to help smooth the appearance of crow's feet and under-eye puffiness, Strivectin's new Intensive Eye Concentrate for Wrinkles Plus is proven to do so starting in just five days. To learn more, visit Strivectin.com. Choose TU Dublin and you're choosing more than just your next step. You're choosing infinite possibilities with courses in business, the arts, science, engineering and more. You're choosing the path that suits you from level 6 all the way to PhD on three different campuses accessible anywhere you travel. Choose infinite possibilities. Choose TU Dublin on your CAO. Here's the thing. You have to know yourself. You have to know the kind of person you are. If you hang out with me, before you ask me for a favor, I need you to know you. Example, if we go out to a restaurant to get something to eat, and you say, yo, I got to make a phone call. If the waiter comes, get this for me. Before you ask me that, know who you are. If you're the normal order person, cool. If we go to a pizza spot and you know you want a slice of cheese and a slice of pepperoni, cool. Yo, got to make a phone call. If the waiter comes, give me a slice of cheese and a slice of pepperoni. Say less. I got you. If you're the specialty order person, you know who you are. Know that before you put me in a position to say no to you. I don't want to say no to you before we sit down and eat together. Don't put me in that position. Yo, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. If the waiter comes, get this for me. What you need? Uh, damn. Uh, whew, it's a tough one. Um... Yo, let me get the buffalo chicken slice, but I don't want none of the onions or the greens. And let's do extra cheese. And I don't not I don't don't give me the bacon. I don't need the bacon. And um let's go 10 wings and let's go all flats. And we're gonna do half lemon pepper and we're gonna do half time. Fam, half time. Time out. That's what we're gonna do. No. Fam, I'm trying to figure out what I'm ordering. I can't remember all this shit. Why would you even put me in this situation? If you're the specialty order person, you have to wait. You can't go to the bathroom. You have to wait for the waiter to come, or we're all going to wait. But don't, don't expect me to remember that. I used to be a waiter, so I know what it's like when you pull up to a table confident that you're going to remember everything that someone says, right, to where you don't bring your pad. I know that. That's waiter language. When you confident in what you do, you don't even have a pad out. I'm going to remember the whole table. What you want. Boom. Go. I sometimes go to dinner with people who I say to myself, that's a mistake. You haven't taken an order from special teams over here. This is a kickoff you're not prepared for. That's just me? You only want to go through that? Never mind. Welcome to In The Moment. Yeah. There's a moment in everything, and everything is a moment. I talk about the comedy in it all. If this is your first time, welcome to the funniest podcast you've never heard. I'm your new favorite comedian, Mo Mitch, or your money back. Shout out to all my regular listeners. Episode 46. I reminisce for a spell, or shall I say think back? 22 years ago to keep it on track. I got my feel-good music on for y'all today. Positive vibes to you, welcome. Welcome to another week of In The Moment. Shout out to you, because as always, if you're with me, if you're listening, that means you're living and you're breathing. So shout out to you. This was a quick-ass, long-ass week. (laughs) 
Anybody else experience that? Yeah, like, yeah, I know what I mean when I say that. Sometimes it just be a quick, long week. I don't know how to explain that any further, but that makes sense to me. Like, Friday didn't seem like it took that long, but it certainly didn't feel like it came that fast either. That's what she said. Or he said. One of them said it. Either way, welcome. Um, Anybody else got the kind of mind that just takes off on you sometimes? Just starts talking crazy to you? Start talking all kind of negative shit in your head? Like the same way you would talk to other people, your mind start talking to you? You got to tell yourself to shut the fuck up? Anybody? <laughs> you ever, like for real, sometimes your mind just get to going with negative thoughts and you got to tell yourself, listen, 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 dude, not today. Not today. I'm not going to settle for your negativity today. That's a nasty place when you have to tell yourself that. But I've, I've been there. It might just be me. Is it just me? But that's not important. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's get into things I'm mad at. Y'all know what time it is with me. Every week I find some things that I'm mad at to discuss with y'all. This week, I'm mad at voting. Yep. The, the, all of it. All of it. But it's politics. And I'm not going to go deep into the election because you can pretty much uh, go anywhere right now and get that. And if you're here, I'm assuming it's to take a break from it all. And that's what we're going to do. So when I say I'm mad at voting, I'm not going to take the route you think I'm going to take. I'm going to say this, though. This uh, this election has been like almost like a sports event. I can't remember the last time I felt like an election felt like a football game. And every day is another quarter. It's just like <laughs> it's the longest football game ever. You go to sleep after the first quarter. So if one team's winning, you wake up the next day, another team's winning. You just got to keep going to sleep and hope one of these days you wake up. It won't be overtime. And that's where we are. But this is my thing about voting. Because I don't know if anyone has ever thought about this, and I'm probably going to take some shit for it, but I'm going to say it because I think it's worth saying. I don't necessarily understand the way we treat voting from a comedic standpoint, of course, because everyone should vote. But I'm a competitor, as most people are. I want to win. So when I think of voting and the fact that we always have this message of vote, make sure you vote, go vote. That's a responsible thing. That's a good thing. At the same time, a piece of me doesn't understand why we're just telling people to vote when we don't know who they're voting for. <laughs> what if you're not voting for the guy I want to win? Like, I want my guy to win. This is where the competitiveness kicks in. Should I be encouraging you to vote if you are not voting for my guy? I don't know. Not if I'm trying to win. Then you can stay home. No, don't vote. It's fine. Can you say that? No, you can't, of course. So let's pretend like I haven't. But I've always wondered why no one ever really stops to think about the fact that you're just telling people to vote not knowing who they're voting for. Now, I'm not saying to not vote. Obviously, everybody should vote for their guy. All I'm saying is if I'm on a basketball team and I'm on my way to the gym and I happen to run into the star player from the other team and he's lost, and this is before GPS, and he doesn't know how to get to the game. I'm not going to show him. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I don't want him to play. I hope he finds his way. But he won't find his way on my back. He won't follow me to get to the game. That's all I'm saying. More power to you, just not my power. Could just be me. Is it just me? Yeah. I'm mad at a homegirl of mine because I went to her place the other day, and... As soon as I got to the door, I was confused. 
I'd never had someone lie to me so quickly as I approached their place. I'd never been in her place before. This was my first time. I was expecting nothing but the purest of hospitality. I was expecting quality. I rung her doorbell and I looked down and her doormat said, hide the packages from my husband, which is cute. But she doesn't have a husband. You're single. I could understand if maybe she'd had a husband before and maybe that's a piece of holding on, but she's never been married. I know her very well. She's never been married. So she opens the door. She's like, hey. And I'm like, what's up? She's like, it's so nice to see you. And I'm like, it's nice to see you too before you lied to me. What is this? <laughs> and the funny thing about it is I wasn't by myself. I was with a few other people. And so I didn't bring it up. <laughs> I didn't. I was so afraid of if I brought this up. Because as a comedian, this happens all too often, right? You 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 try to make a joke of something. And you find out that, like, it's some real serious, deep meaning behind some things. And now you're just the ass in the room for trying to make jokes or make light of something that's really heavy. I didn't want to do that. So I didn't even ask. I don't know what her angle is on having a hide the packages from my husband doormat when you've never had a husband. But one of these days I'm going to build the courage to ask her because I felt I felt lied to. I felt lied to. I expected to walk in and meet a husband. And I was excited about it. There was no husband. There was even a Christmas tree. No husband. I looked at the packages under the Christmas tree, too. No, no, no to husband, no from husband. No husband. Who are they hiding the packages from? From no one? You're lying. Every time FedEx comes, you're lying. Every time UPS shows up. Liar. Hey, ma'am, Amazon's here. Liar. You're forcing them to hide the packages. Stop asking them to hide the packages from your husband when you're single. You are lying to these men. USPS fraud. <laughs> I just, I don't know. And she listens to my podcast too. So I, she's going to kill me. But I don't care. I don't care. I'll, I'll keep you posted on how it goes when she hears this. Um... I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I love you. All right. Um, I'm mad at this strange guy um, that I never met, but I'm mad at him. I'm mad at a stranger because somebody was sending me videos the other day of just random stuff. And one of the videos was of a guy who was fighting. And this guy's just scrapping, right? He's getting busy. He's fighting against like two other guys. For whatever reason, they're fighting. I can't even remember. But I remember specifically that the guy had on a God's Plan shirt. Is it? Is it God's Plan that you're on World Star Hip Hop fighting at, at a protest? I don't know. Maybe it is. But I think, I think he should have to answer for that because that's bad publicity for God if it's not true. That's false advertisement at its best. That's slander. You have to think about it. There's levels to this. Pay attention to the angles. When you sign a Nike contract, you can't walk around in Adidas. You can't do it. You can't be seen 
in public with Adidas because of optics. I think it should be the same thing when you put on a God's Plan t-shirt. You should have to live by that t-shirt. Everything you do that day has to be a part of God's plan or it's blasphemy, period. That's how I feel. You out here fighting and losing at that. You're losing the fight and your pants are falling off. For some odd reason, a piece of me feels like that just really wasn't God's plan. I don't. Could be me. Is it just me? Yeah. But is it just like me? you should have to live by whatever is on your shirt. Optics. <laughs> um, that's all the things I'm mad at this week. Let's get into shout outs. Shout out to my mother. We just celebrated a 26th year wedding anniversary. And who also retired this week. Yes. My mother has retired. I am so happy for her. She's worked all of these years. She's put her all. I've watched her work extremely hard and put her all into everything that she has done there for that company. So I am so excited and happy for my mother to retire and start her new journey in life. I'm looking forward to it. I think she is going to be amazing at this whole retirement thing. So shout out to you, Mama. I love you. Congratulations. Um, whew. and y'all gotta forgive me today, man, because I, um, I'm just tired. If my energy is different, I'm just tired. I'm very tired today, but I got a pod. And you gotta say you're tired too, because sometimes you can feel a little bit under the weather, but you can't say that out loud. Have y'all noticed that? Say you under the weather. Say you don't feel good, or you sick around some people and watch their faces after you say it. Just watch them. They're going to look at you like a zombie. You're going to think you literally are transforming right in front of their faces the way that they look at you. It's disgusting, the fact that you can't have a common cold anymore. There's nothing common about saying I have a common cold. That's, that's the world we live in, so you just got to say you tired. If you got the sniffles, a cough, it don't matter. Just say you tired, don't admit it. They're going to start looking at you like you the blue thing from X-Men. Did he have blue balls, by the way? Anyway, um, my mom out here living her best life. They went out to celebrate their dinner. And I couldn't be there because they're in a different state. But the four of them were there. My mom, my dad, and my sisters. And my mom brought a family picture so that I could, you know, be there. That was her way of having her son with her. And I love it. And my sister was telling me the story about it. And she had me dying. Because she said, like, my mom had my picture on the table and people were walking by. Like, oh, is is that your son? And my mom was like, yeah, that's that's my boy. He uh, He couldn't be here with us. And the waiters were like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> and my sisters was like, nah. <laughs> He's very alive. He's doing fine. But my mom had everybody passing the table thinking that I was no longer with them. And no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I just thought that was hilarious. But thank you, Mother, for making me a part of the dinner. I felt like I was there and I had a great time. Congratulations to you. All right, let's get down to business. So Takashi 69 is in the news again because uh, one of his former gang mates, gang members, is doing a lot of time in prison for some serious crimes. But I don't want to focus on that. Now, if you're not familiar with who Takashi 69 is, normally this is the part where I tell you to Google it and figure it out, but don't. 
Uh, you don't need to know who he is. Don't even worry about it. This will still be funny anyway. So just stay tuned. Um, Takashi 69 colorful hair guy, raps and snitches on people and gets a whole lot of attention and fame for clout. This is the thing I'm the most mad at about the Takashi 69 situation that nobody ever really discussed. I'm not coming from the same standpoint as everybody with the whole he's a snitch thing. We all know that. Fine. What I'm mad about truly is the fact that this man does not live up to his name. And that's my biggest issue with rappers. I've always expected rappers to live up to their name. And these new age rappers don't do that. Perfect example. NBA Youngboy. NBA Youngboy is dating Yaya Mayweather. And I believe she's pregnant. About to have a baby. NBA Youngboy has threatened to beat Yaya's dad's ass. Which, under normal circumstances, I could see why he would believe he can. But her dad happens to be Floyd Mayweather. Who is arguably one of the greatest boxers of all time. Now, highly doubt that NBA young boy can beat Floyd Mayweather's ass, but that's obvious. What's not so obvious is the fact that this is another example of a rapper not living up to his name. Because if you have seen NBA young boy, you would know that there's no chance of him beating Floyd Mayweather's ass because he is not built like anyone in the NBA. He's not athletic. He's not built like Carmelo, LeBron, Dame, any one of them. He's not built like Steph Curry. There's whose ass are you beating? You are shaped like a young boy. I don't like that. Rappers used to live up to their names. Ice Cube. He was really cold back then. Made sense. If you've heard an NWA song, you knew why they called him Ice Cube. Snoop Dogg. He treated women like shit. <laughs> I mean, I love Snoop, but it's true. Back then, that's what he did. He was a dog. LL Cool J. Ladies love Cool J. The ladies did love him. And I mean, I guess he felt like he was cool. Biggie. That's an easy one. Nas. That's his government name. Man's name is Nazir. Fabulous. I guess the man thought he was fabulous. I still to this day don't know why no one gave him heat for this. He somehow got away with it. Uh, as a street rapper named Fabulous, and he's also the reason why, like, half of us don't know how to spell Fabulous to this day. F-A-B-O-L-O-U-S. I've been spelling that shit wrong for years because this man used to say his name on every damn song. Every chance he got, he spelled this shit wrong, and I have not spelled Fabulous the same since. F-A-B-O-L-O-U-S. But he thought he was Fabulous. Future. I mean, even Future. He has 47 kids. If anyone's name was ever fitting, Lil Bow Wow, he was Lil. Even the rappers who have numbers in their name live by their name. Royster 59, he's actually 59. Andre 3000, that's how many days there are between when he releases a song. Stacks makes you wait 3,000 days in between verses. Everybody knows that. That's a fact. You get an Andre appearance every eight and a half years. That's that's just a fact. But Takashi 69 with a name like Takashi 69, if you're gonna be a leader, what that should mean is everybody eats. Everybody is fed. This is the opposite. Your whole crew is going to jail because of you. And no one is eating. You, your name is supposed to represent everybody eating. That's all I'm saying. 
Live up to your name. Make your family proud, people. Another name in the news who is not making his family proud right now is Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner is a professional boxer who has made a lot of money in his career. I would imagine he's had a lot of pay-per-view fights against opponents such as Manny Pacquiao. Big names. And he was just in court trying to convince a judge that he's broke. But that's all I did have on me. I don't have on me. I got, I got rich friends. I do. I got rich friends. I got wealthy friends that take care of me. Where's all the money coming from that you're flashing around on Instagram? Whose money is that? So you're honest. I asked him. It's, 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 it's getting sent to me. I don't like have who? Who's sending you money? My friends. They're sending you? Why would they send you money? Because I asked if I need to play. Listen, because listen, I, I got a big heart. I got a big heart. I'll show you. I got a big heart. And when I when I did have money and everybody asked me for money, I gave it to them. And now that they see me, then I need help. If I, if I ask, I'll so tell us who's sending you money. My friends. I, I can ask Devontae Davis, Al Heyman. I can ask okay. Stephen. That's know that I ask anybody. How are they sending? All right, if you couldn't really hear that, Adrian Broner is trying to convince this judge that he doesn't have money. And he borrows money from his rich friends. But the judge is not buying it because he was just on Instagram flashing his money. And I'm talking about this story because I feel like this is such an issue with this generation. This social media generation. You have to realize. The youth is set on constantly trying to prove something online. And eventually, you're going to have to really have what you're trying to convince us that you have. I don't know if Adrian Broner is really broke or not. Maybe he's lying. And he just doesn't want to pay this woman. He's on the hook for a sexual assault case where he is supposed to pay this woman a certain amount of money a month. And he's not paying her. But at the same time, he's turning around and going on Instagram and showing, telling everybody he has hundreds of thousands of dollars to bet on boxing. Are we really in a time where it's that important to prove to people that you have something? I bring this up to say this. I spoke last week on how when I started moving different in circles with people with a lot of money, I started to think different and move different because they weren't flashy. They weren't flashy at all. And I started to realize the people who really have it are not trying to convince you that they have it because they have it. And... I remember growing up in an environment where a lot of trying to convince people that you have it, that typically comes from when you don't have it. You want people to believe you do. And I remember an old head told me one time, you have to ask yourself when you're in this position of constantly trying to appease people and impress people, whether in real life or on social media, who do you think really cares and who's your demographic? What's your target audience of the people that you are trying to impress? Because here's the truth of the matter. There's only a pocket of people that you're actually impressing. A pocket of people. When you go online and you say, hey, look at me, I have this. There's the people who have way more. They're not impressed. There are the people who have what you have. They're not impressed. So that leaves... A portion of people who are who may be impressed by what you have because they don't have it. Half of those people are going to hate on you. <laughs> so they don't care and they're not impressed either. The other half that you're left with, half of them are doing the same thing you're doing. They don't have time to be impressed because they're too busy trying to impress you. So you're left with a very small pocket of people who actually really care 
about what you're going out of your way to prove. You're going out your way, risking your life, making a fool of yourself, all to prove that you have something to impress people who don't have anything. What sense does that make? And when he made me look at it like that, it just stuck with me. I was like, he's so right. Who are you really trying to impress? I wanted a whole lot of things that I couldn't have. And then when I could have them, I didn't want them. And it's for reasons like this. What is he really trying to prove? And why did he throw his friends under the bus? If I'm one of your rich friends, don't name me. And now I'm not one of your rich friends anymore. I never understood this. Don't name the people who would actually help you. Who did that with Will Smith? Look that up for me. Who was it? Somebody took money from Will Smith and then told everybody. Yes, it was Tyrese. What are you doing? Tyrese was like, yo, Will Smith and them gave me mad money. Like, don't do that. Why would you tell people that your rich friends are giving you money? The rich friends that you're talking about have family members who swear that they owed him something. Now Will got to go deal with his aunts who's like, wow, so you gave Tyrese Gibson 100000 but I asked you for $2,000 to pay my rent the other day. You told me no. Adrian Broner throwing his whole career away. If you don't get in the ring and lose again, all right, moving on. So I'm watching this show called Kingdom. It's on Netflix. It's amazing. I'm on season three already. Bert recommended it to me. And it's funny because I had already had it on my mind because I knew it was about UFC. Nick Jonas stars in it. And... It just looked good. It looked up my alley. But I, I watched like the first 10 minutes and I said I was going to come back to it. But I never did. I kind of forgot about it. Bert reminded me, started watching it, and I was hooked on it. But there's this part in it that had me wondering how, if anyone else feels this way. It was in regards to when you're in this phase of trying to figure out if you're in a relationship or not. I used to have a friend who used to always say to me, yeah, we ain't really in a relationship like that. We just chilling. And I used to always make fun of him. I used to be like, nah, y'all in a relationship. And he used to always go, why? And I'm like, because y'all argue. And in this show, this character, uh, his name is Jay, he says the same thing, talking to a friend of his. He's like, you know that's your boyfriend. And she's like, no, it's not. He's like, listen, y'all sleep together, y'all argue. That's a relationship. And I agree. <laughs> and I know most people wouldn't. And I asked Katie... Uh, the producer of the Burt Show, her opinion. And she said, nah, that's one good thing and one bad thing. You got to have at least two good things and one bad thing for it to be a relationship. <laughs> Meaning, if you sleep together and you argue, that's one good, one bad. It got to be two goods and one bad. And I'm sure a lot of people would have a lot of different opinions on what defines a relationship. But to me, it's very simple. I'm going to tell you right now. If you are one of those people who you're in limbo and you're trying to figure out if you're in a relationship or not. If y'all sleep together, that's cool. That don't necessarily mean a child in a relationship. That's just a could be friends with benefits type of thing. But if y'all argue, like argue, that's a relationship. <laughs> I'm standing by it. I believe that. You cannot argue with someone and exude that kind of energy on someone without it being some form of a relationship. I remember in my days of dating, I used to say this. I used to say, listen, at the at the when we get to the point where we're arguing, oh nah, we either together or we gotta stop. 
Because you're not supposed to argue with somebody you're not in a relationship with. To me, you, that's literally like putting a whole bunch of clothes in a suitcase to sit at home. What'd you do that for? That's, that's unnecessary baggage. I'm only arguing with my girlfriend. <laughs> I'm not doing... Why would I argue with you? That's, that's just me, though. Is it just me? If y'all argue and y'all sleep together, one plus one is two. That's a relationship. I don't care what you call it. Moving on. All right, let's play a round of does it count. I spoke last week on does marriage count if a woman has to force you to marry her? And I went online and the numbers were staggering. Most women felt like I'm not forcing you to marry me. I was definitely leaning on the side of if you have to force someone to marry you, why even marry them? But that's just me. So I don't believe that it counts. If I have to force you to be with me, I'd rather you not be with me. But this week, my does it count question is, if you're in a relationship, and let's say your partner enjoys something that you don't necessarily enjoy doing. Example, let's say it's a foot rub. Does it count if you get someone else to do it? Like, and you still get the full credit. I think you should. And I was told I'm wrong. If you're my lady and you like having your feet rubbed, and I'm not a, not a feet guy. It's not what I'm into. If I pay a professional to do it, shouldn't that count? It's still getting done by somebody who could do it way better than me. And I don't have to suffer through it, but I'm still paying for it. That should count. Why does that not count? Most women I've spoke to about this tells me that now I don't count, I want you to do it. Why? Well, what if the roles were reversed? Wouldn't you want it to be me? Not if you're not better at it. Wow, Mo, well, what if it was sex? I said what I said. <laughs> but thank God it's not sex. It's a foot rub. It should still count. If I wanted to go to the game... And you were like, babe, I can't make it. So just give your homeboy my ticket. I'd be fine with that. I'd survive. What's the difference? I think it should count. I'm going to post this on my Instagram, and I'm curious as to what y'all think, especially the lady. Does it count the same if he pays for someone else to do it? All right, let's get into these artists. This has really become the favorite part of my podcast every week. It's a segment I like to call Artists Just Be Saying Shit. Let's get into it. Yo, ducky nigga, you sure you ready to move up? Yeah, P, you know I can work this whole motherfucking key, nigga. Well, I'm going to tell you like this, nigga. If you don't bring back my motherfucking money or my motherfucking dope, forget about Christmas, nigga, because you ain't going to even see New Year's. P, what are you talking about? Forget about Christmas because you ain't going to see New Year's? Christmas come first. Fam. That doesn't make any sense. Unless you delivered this threat in that small window of time between Christmas and New Year's, in which I know you didn't do that because people are way too much into the holiday spirit for you to have delivered this vicious of a threat at that time. I know you didn't do this on December 28th. I know you didn't. That's one of those in the middle of the beef. You got to stop and go, wait, what? <laughs> I want to be offended. I want to feel threatened, but I don't get it. Yo, forget about Sunday. You're not even going to see Monday. What day does it have to be for that to work? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, 
can only be a master of peace saying some stupid shit like that. I'm joking. Who's next? Who's next? Uh, cause between all my closets and all of these boxes, I got, ooh, I got so much swag that the people at the airport don't even want to touch my bag. Yes, they do. They check your bag, fam. Stop it. Wiz, I've watched TSA work. They're checking every bag. Your bag is not special. And I've had swag around TSA. They still check my bag. You're holding the line up. And they're definitely checking your bag, Wiz. I promise you. If you've ever been around Wiz Khalifa, you smell him five minutes before he gets there. It's a true story. The two times that I've been around Wiz, I smelled him coming five minutes before he got to wherever I was. Pause, but it's true. It's, that's the only dude I've ever met who, when he walks into the room, it makes a building smell like weed. Not the room, the building. How your aroma arrive before you do? Wiz's aroma scopes places out before he gets there. He doesn't need security. If they're checking anyone's back, I can guarantee you it's you, black and yellow. Oh, it's you, baby. I don't care what kind of a whiz you think you are. You're not waving your magic wand out of this one, buddy. Oh, they're in that bag. You better believe it. You're just lying and holding up the line. Who's next? Now, I've been waiting for this because a TikToker remixed this today for Nevada. They said this is how Nevada is counting votes. I thought that was hilarious. But it also made me think a little deeper. For years, we have given Brian McKnight credit for this song. For years, we thought this was one of the most beautiful and romantic love songs ever made. Women have cried and said, I want a man like this. Men have said, I need to be more like this. But no one has ever stopped and truly thought to themselves, what did Brian McKnight actually do within these steps? What did he do? He didn't do shit. Brian McKnight has fooled us. One, you're like a dream come true. Okay, that's a good start. It's nice to know. Two, just want to be with you. Okay, typically if someone is like a dream come true, you're going to want to be with them. Peanut butter and jelly. We've accomplished nothing. Three, girl is plain to see that you're the only one for me. Duh. We figured that out from one and two. One and two has always equal three. If someone is a dream come true, I would imagine that they're the one for you. That was very plain to see. So much so, I don't know why it's a number. It shouldn't be a step. Four, repeat steps one through three. Fam, first of all, I just told you that step three wasn't even necessary. 
We didn't need it. It did nothing. Two told us something we could have figured out from one. So why are we starting back at one? Technically, the song should have ended here. Because if four is repeat steps one through three, then how the hell are we supposed to get to five? Every time I get to four, I got to start over to get to four. So there really is no five. But if we're going to give you the five anyway, five, make you fall in love with me. How, Brian? How? Brian has never told us how he made this woman fall in love with him. She was a dream come true. He just wanted to be with her. And it was plain to see that she was the only one for him. Then he wanted you to repeat that for whatever reason. Now we get to five, make her fall in love with me. As if that's the most simple shit in the world to do. You're just going to leave it at that? Our whole life, someone has been asking us to complete our sentences. Your teachers, your parents, and your wife. Your entire life, Brian, you've been asked to complete your sentences. You couldn't turn in a test without showing your work, without complete sentences. How did you make her fall in love with you, Brian? No one else. We have no idea how he made this woman fall in love with him. And if ever he believed his work was done, what work? He would start back at one. For what? You've accomplished nothing. You took us all the way to five for no reason. We still don't even know what we've done. And now you want us to go back to one? I guess asking for six would have been way too much, huh, Brian? Why did anybody ever think of this? I grew up on this song. Brian McKnight was killing back then. You put on one last cry, I might cry right now. But this is ridiculous. I can't believe I've been bamboozled all these years. He's... He gave us five steps and he is still just as many steps away from eternity as Drew Hill. At least Drew Hill ain't keep making you start over. I didn't even realize that Brian made you start over three times and just go into five. For what? Tell me why. At some point, she gonna realize she ain't doing nothing but creating the same steps, Brian. She just repeating the same steps for nothing. Trying to keep her in the dark. His name should be Brian Midnight. And I ain't even going to really get into how toxic it got to be to have one last cry. Because if you've been crying so much to where you need one last cry, then how you even get here? You should have left five cries ago. One last cry. For what? If you get to the point where you know you're about to have one last cry, that means you know you're leaving. So what are you going to cry for? Yo, throw me another Brian McKnight song. Just random. 6812. See? That's that's another one that's psycho. Look how 6812 starts. This is nasty. Do you ever think about me? Do you ever cry yourself to sleep? No, Brian, I don't. Hey. Hey, somebody tell Brian, get the hell over it, man. I'm sorry, 6812 probably is combination lock at the gym. That's ridiculous. <laughs> He'll stop crying. Shannon dreams. All right, moving on. Oh, my God. Brian McKnight is tripping. Um, Let's get into moments of the week. Reflective moment of the week. I wanted to say this because I feel like someone needs to hear it. So I'm a pretty big Dave Chappelle fan, and Bert and I have bonded over Dave Chappelle. So... He reached out to ask me if I wanted to go see Dave Chappelle. 
And I said, yes, of course. And then he had to cancel because he didn't he didn't let his lady know he was going and she wanted to go. So he had to cancel on me. And I was like, damn. And of course, he took some heat for it, which it was foul. He didn't run from that. It was what it was. And a lot of people were like, I can't believe you're not mad. I can't believe you didn't break his legs. I can't believe you didn't run him over with a car and all of this crazy stuff. And I was laughing, but somebody asked me, like, were you really mad? And I was like, nah. And they was like, "Why? yo, I would have been pissed. I can't believe you weren't mad. And I got so many messages that were like, I can't believe you're not mad. And here's the thing with me. Mad for what? I know y'all heard Drake, nice for what? How can I explain Louisiana shit. Murder on the beat. Something for y'all to cut up. I'm a little different than that. Mad for what? What would it have changed? I move different. I don't get mad about things I can't control anymore. I've learned that in maturity. I can't control that. Why would I get mad about it? If anything, I was grateful for the fact that he offered me the tickets in the first place. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to invite me, but he did. I was grateful for it. And then he ran into a situation that a lot of men run into. And I get it. Mad? Why would I be mad? It wasn't meant for me to be there. That's how I saw it. It really had nothing to do with Bert in particular. People be so quick to get hurt and emotional and upset and angry. For what? It's not going to fix the situation. It's not going to solve anything. It's not going to make anything better. Maybe, just maybe, if you see things positively, the universe is working something else out for you. Maybe you missed that train for a reason. Maybe you missed that bus for a reason. Maybe that person doesn't answer their phone for a reason. When you start to shift your way of thinking and you start to truly believe that life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. You don't get mad about things like that anymore. You really don't get mad about much. That's to be like serious because life knows what it's doing. Perfect example. If I miss a flight, I used to be pissed. I would have been so mad. Damn, I missed my flight. But then I watched a special one day about a person who missed a flight. And they was pissed about it, and then the flight crashed. And unfortunately, a lot of lives were lost. And I know other situations of where that's happened to people. And I say that to say, man, you never know what life is cooking. Relax. So it ended up working out because Burt got to go with his lady. Dave Chappelle ended up extending his stay here in Atlanta, and he had extra shows. And Burt reached out and said, dude, I owe you one. Would you like to go? And I said, yes. And I went. And I had an amazing time. And he got to enjoy his company, I got to enjoy mine, and it all worked out in the end. And my point is, if I would have broke his fingers, or his legs, like a lot of y'all suggested, he wouldn't have been able to send out those text messages to help me get into the show. Bert wasn't trying to hurt me. So why would I have been mad? There's nothing to be mad about. My mind knew immediately, that's okay, this means I'm supposed to see Dave another way. That's all that meant to me. I don't know how, when, or where, but I'm going to see him another way. I'm sure I'll kick it with Dave one day. It's no big deal. Why would I get mad at somebody who was attempting to do something good for me from the beginning? That doesn't make any sense to get mad at that. I just don't move like that. And it made me think about how I'm always telling people that sometimes people are just a little too quick to be so emotional when it's not necessary. It's not that serious. 
You don't have to react that way when you move with a certain level of confidence, when you know that the universe has your back, when you know that things typically will work out in your favor, even if you don't see how they are or will. They are, and they will. They always do. But you got to believe that. If you don't believe that, then the opposite happens. But ah, I was never mad. And it made me think of when, like, there are times in life when people always feel the need to react. And I don't. My therapist has told me that I don't waste words. It's one of her favorite things about me. You do not waste words. It's, and, I, and, and she thinks that it's the most interesting thing because she's like, I don't understand how you can be a radio personality and a comedian, but yet still somehow, some way not waste words. But I've always, my thing is, I've always kind of felt like the person who speaks the least, shows the least, and knows the most. I've always been that way. I can think of times in my life when I've had to be around someone who was very vocal. Sometimes they could even be a hater. I remember one day this person that I could tell really didn't really had some hate for me for whatever reason. And I had to deal with them, even though I didn't want to. And it was very obvious that they had some kind of hate, some kind of issue. And I didn't feel the same. I didn't care. I, I never cared that much. To have that kind of animosity towards someone I don't know. But whatever. Some people do. And I used to not really speak up on the fact that they used to try to like bully me and get over on me and all this kind of stuff. I ain't speak up on it. And a lot of people took that as, oh, he doesn't want to speak up for himself. He should say something. Speak up. I remember, matter of fact, I think that was her exact words. You should say something. Speak up. And then I felt like, why? Why? When I hear people say that, oh, you should speak up, you should say something. Why do you think it's always worth it? Why do you think it's always necessary? Some people are not worth your words. Some people are not worth your time. Some people are not worth your energy. A wise man told me don't argue with fools. Because people from a distance can't tell who is who. You got to be worth that. If I'm a digging that bag of emotion to go toe to toe with you, you got to be worth that. It goes back to my earlier argument about arguing in relationships. Why am I arguing with you if we're not in a relationship? If you're worth that to me, if I'm putting passion into disagreements that we may have, well, that means I care. People say, oh, you should say something. For what? It's a waste of energy. I heard LeBron James win his last title and he said, y'all better give me my respect. Why did he even say that? That's going to make the haters not want to respect you because you're sitting here asking for respect. Don't say anything. You don't have to say anything, LeBron. You just won the title, fam. I'm not saying anything to anyone. I think it's a lot of this social media era we live in where people feel like they always have to have a response. They always have to give something energy. But if you don't give energy, it doesn't grow. It goes nowhere. It stops exactly where it is if you don't feed into it. It's just like a plant. You water it, it's going to grow. I'm not watering that energy. I don't think it's always worth it. I see it. I hear it. And I know. So, <laughs> it's not affecting me. I'm fine. You ain't never seen an elephant react to a gnat. All right, right? All right, you trying to catch a ride? Cool. Tip or don't tip, I'm going where I'm going. <laughs> August Alcina. I told a lot of jokes on some episodes prior about him and the Will Smith and Jada Pinkett situation. And now he's on Instagram telling everybody, yo, 
Y'all saying that I'm not relevant, but y'all talking about me. So then why are you responding, fam? You are relevant if they're talking about you. But you responding to the fact that they're talking about you makes you look irrelevant. Why say anything? Sometime, I'm not saying all the time. There are times when you have to stand up for yourself. You know when those times are. But if you're constantly standing up for yourself, you just look defensive. Some would even say you look angry, bitter, upset, emotional. They'll find any other excuse as to not take in your actual message because they paint you as this person who's always saying something. So I choose my spots. It's quality over quantity to me. I like to have 30 at the end of the day on fewer shots. You don't even know I had 30. You don't have to know, but I had 30. It's just a different way to move, and I felt like this was a perfect example of that. Bert tried to do something nice for me, and everybody said I should have been pissed about it, and I wasn't. I know he didn't do that with any malicious intent. He got caught up. Had to make a decision, and he chose the person he lives with. That's a that's a, that's what a wise man would do. <laughs> I'm not mad at that, but the second he had an opportunity to make it up, he did. And it worked out for everyone in the end. So how much of a waste would it have been if I would have got upset or had angry energy the whole weekend? Just let it be a lesson to whoever needs it. Don't spend your, don't waste your energy getting upset about things that don't matter. Life's too short. And the coolest moment of the week before I get out of here. At the show, it was pretty cool the way it worked out because Bert pulled some strings to get me in. And when I got to the door... Uh, there was some. There was a few people there who recognized me, and they were able to get me in, and it all worked out, and it was a beautiful thing. But they sat me in this section, and I guess there was one extra seat in the section that I was sitting in, and so they had a woman come in, and she sat there, and I was first, I was taken aback. I'm not gonna lie, because I was like, why is she sitting at my table? <laughs> I don't know her, and it's like coronavirus. You know, we supposed to be doing the social distance thing and all of that. So at first, I was kind of, I was like, uh. But I was like, I'm going to be nice. And I was. And she ended up telling me her story about um, how she ended up at the show. And she said, I didn't have tickets tonight. She said, I heard that he extended his trip. I'm a big Dave Chappelle fan. And I just wanted to see him. And I just started praying immediately. God, please help me find a way. Help me find a way to see Dave Chappelle. And she couldn't get tickets. She got into the waiting room and it was difficult to get tickets. I mean, they said that it was like literally every waiting room, they were allowing up to 3,000 people, but they were only selecting 100. So you can imagine the odds of actually getting in. So she said, you know what? Hell with it. I'm not going to sit in here and just say, there's nothing I can do. I can't go. I'm going to just go. And she did. She came to the show with no ticket, sat in the line, when, and it was a pretty cold day. And you had to sit in that line for about an hour, really. So she was in the very, very back, and she didn't even have a ticket. So she waited quite a while in that line to get a corona test and everything and didn't even know if she was going to get into the show. And when she finally got up to the door, she explained her situation to them. Someone heard her telling her story and had an extra ticket, and they gave it to her, and she came in. And it was nowhere to seat her, I guess, because at that point, all of the seats were full, so they let her sit in my section. And she was just like, I'm just so happy to be here. You have no idea how much this means to me. And I was floored by that level of faith. I was like, wow, it was meant for me to meet you tonight. 
Sometimes you have to hear those kind of stories to be reminded the power of faith. Just believing that something will work, that something can happen. She could have sat at home and said, hell with it. She didn't. She said, I'm going to just go. How many of y'all would have did that? How many people would actually do that? Be honest with yourself. You want to go that bad and you know you don't have a ticket. You don't have a way to get one. You don't even have the money to get a ticket if you could. So you just wait. You just say, God, I want this so bad that I know you're going to find a way to provide it. I'm going to just wait. That's what she did. And not only did she get in, she got a damn good seat. <laughs> She's sitting next to me, chilling. And she enjoyed herself. We all did. My whole table did. We had a great time. And I say that to say, look at how far a little bit of faith can take you. That got her into the Dave Chappelle show, but that kind of faith can get you anywhere and into anything. You just got to believe it. And that's what she did. So I'll leave you with the quote of the week. Don't focus on the consequences. Focus on God. And watch what you can accomplish. I love y'all. Next week, bitches. started to how much to save. FaceTime our mortgage team to talk about a personalized mortgage that's right for you. When you're ready to make a move, we're ready to make it with you. Bank of Ireland, begin. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Over 18s only. Mortgage approval subject to assessment of suitability and affordability. Bank of Ireland Mortgage Bank trading as Bank of Ireland Mortgages is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. At Centro, we have everything you need with lots of great offers in our Centro range. Like Centro Stillwater 9-pack 500ml, now only €2.60. Centro Homestyle Oven Chips 1.5kg, now only €1.40. And Centro Dishwasher Tablets 5-in-1 Lemon 30-pack, now only €1.55. Centro. Live every day. Discover a world of film you won't find anywhere else with IFI at Home, the Irish Film Institute's online streaming service. Explore exciting new releases, independent film, documentaries and old favourites. Discover the best in Irish and international cinema with IFI at Home. Download the app or sign up online at ifihome.ie. People don't become successful by accident. You've got to know what you want. So take off your shoes. Sit down. Reach no further than your tablet. Type in Skoda and you've won. Smile about doing less while some other guy is doing loads. Yawn like you've never yawned before. Smile again about the offers from 0%. Then configure your perfect car and fill out the easy online finance application. It's never been easier. 
to be successful. Finance provided by way of higher purchase agreement from Volkswagen Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply. Visit skoda.ie for further information. Yeah, no, I'm not okay. That's how I feel sometimes. And that's also the name of my new podcast from LAS Studios. I want whoever outlives me to be like, she didn't die a broken person. She healed herself. Addiction, depression, anxiety, radical self-love. Yeah, no, I'm not okay. Your new favorite podcast from LA Studios and me, Diane Guerrero. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.